This is Telemetry Now, and I'm your host, Phil Gervasi, and joining me today is Justin Ryburn, the Vice President of Global Solutions Engineering at Kentic, uh, and an avid traveler, and from what I can tell, a very opinionated person when it comes to how flow data is used by the networking industry right now. Uh, in fact, that's what, uh, that's what today's episode is all about. So in spite of all the great new telemetry that we have now, cloud log, streaming, and so on, Flow data still matters, and according to Justin, it's probably still one of the best and most valuable sources of data that we have. And the problem then isn't, isn't the data, it's how it's being used by most engineers. Provocative opinion for sure, so let's get started. So Justin, it's great to have you here today, and I really appreciate that you took uh, some time out of your busy schedule to nerd out with us. Oh, happy to be here, thanks for having me, Phil. Awesome, so before we get started, can you explain just a little bit about your background and what you do now? Sure. Yeah. So I've been in uh, technology for about 25 years. I started my career building and operating large search provider networks uh, during the, the internet heyday, as I like to call it. Uh, and then I discovered a love for pre-sales and I spent about 10 years on the vendor side at Juniper Networks. Uh, as you said, I currently run the solutions engineering team globally uh, here at Kintic, and I've been doing that for about the last uh, five to five and a half years. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I had a, a kind of a similar journey. Uh, I went from being a traditional in-the-field engineer for many years and then into uh, solutions engineering. Uh, my title was solutions architect, but I, I really love that, being both still close to the tech and then getting to work directly with customers, uh, uh, you know, discussing design and, and how to solve problems. I really enjoyed that. But I do want to ask you now, um, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, that you love travel. So how angry were you when you lost all of your airline and hotel points uh, during COVID? Well, I think I was fortunate enough that uh, I had status with my preferred airline and hotel. So I didn't really lose a lot of my status uh, or my miles for the most part. Uh, what I will say, though, is the hiatus was tough. Um, you know, one of the things I, I love about my job is that I get to travel all over the world. I get to meet with customers as, as, as part of my day job. And then, you know, my wife and my family, we enjoy uh, traveling uh, in our personal time as well. <clears throat> it was a really hard adjustment when that all stopped overnight. Um, you know, being stuck in the house in quarantine, my wife and I both working from home, not going out on the road, not seeing new places, not being out in front of people and talking to customers. Uh, it was definitely a big change. Um, I will say on the on the positive side, though, the forced time being at home with the with the family and being able to slow down a little bit and spend some nice family quality family time together was a was a nice change, and uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. Uh, you know, I was traveling a lot for work. I was in pre sales at the time, and uh, went from traveling uh, almost every week or every other week to zero. You know. And uh, I really feel like we went from, you know, zero to 100 again recently, right? There was very it sure feels rainfall. like it, yeah. yeah being being yeah. back out on the road quite a bit these days, yeah. so. So uh, we've both been network engineers in one way, shape, or form. Uh, Pre-sales, you mentioned, post-sales. I've been out there in data centers, uh, you know, schlepping routers in my life, working for VARs, vendors. And I think we both have some experience in internal corporate IT as well. So I know that we share some experience using a lot of those network visibility tools that have been out for years, right? And, um, and, and a lot of them were focused pretty much on flows and SNMP, you know, one or the other, maybe both, uh, some combination of both. But recently it feels like, like that's almost old school, you know what I mean, like passe. Um, have you sensed something like that in the industry as well? Yeah, I have, and, and this is honestly one of the reasons that I joined Kintic. Um, obviously we've had both 
S&P and flow collectors for many years, like you said. And on the surface, these technologies don't really seem all that exciting. Um, so like it's, it seems like it's a solved problem. But the, the challenge that we have as an industry historically, I think, is that this telemetry data was collected on these appliances. And the, these appliances were limited by CPU, memory, disk. I mean, you can only cram so much of that into a single uh, you know, server appliance. Right. And so then the approach that the, the vendors who were manufacturing these appliances took was that... Um, you know, they had to roll up the data, they had to aggregate it, they had to somehow make some engineering trade-off to be able to fit within that sheet metal. And mm -hmm. um, what we're seeing from vendors today is they're taking a much more modern approach. If I could use a buzzword, I, I call it big data. And, and what I really mean by that is um, they're ingesting and storing large volumes of data and, and clustering these systems across multiple sheet metal uh, server. So it, it gives you a lot larger volume of data, but it also allows you to do a lot more interesting things uh, with that data. And I think that's what we're seeing from the industry from a lot of the vendors is that we're able to leverage uh, a lot of this uh, newer technology that exists in, in clustered big data systems to solve yeah. this uh, telemetry problem. So it sounds like that in recent years, one of the reasons that flow data kind of became um, passe is specifically because we were limited by the compute and the storage that we were able to apply to collecting that kind of telemetry and then doing something with it. And then I guess maybe that just became the culture, right? It just became, well, it's not as useful. So let's go look at streaming now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, you know, those technologies, streaming te uh, telemetry is, is useful, but it, it, I think it solves a very different problem. Right. Okay. Um, when I think of streaming telemetry, and I think you know a lot of the a lot of the leaders in our industry have made some great um, fortes into being able to get more of a push model with streaming telemetry than the pull model we have with S and P. It's more scalable. It solves a lot of problems, but it's still, for the most part, looking at the same data set, and that's things like interface utilization, queue depths, drops, retransmits of of data on a particular interface, CPU memory. All that stuff is very valuable and is very interesting and is, is necessary for a, for a network operator to feel like they know what's going on in their network. But what's really interesting about flow data is it really gives you more information about the makeup uh, of what that traffic is. Um, mm -hmm. okay. One story I like to tell is when I uh, worked early in my career for a service provider, we started off just collecting interface metric uh, in, in a platform called MRTG, which I'm assuming a lot of the listeners have probably played with that, that uh, sure. or something similar to that. Yep. Um, and that was awesome. I mean, before that, like, you know, we really didn't have a, be a good way to see graphs of our traffic. We had to log into the devices and look at the interfaces themselves to see how much traffic was on them. So it was definitely a, a step forward from what we had before that. But I can remember spending long hours troubleshooting um, denial of service attacks when that first started happening to our, to our service provider and trying to use MRTG graphs to trace back to the source where that traffic was entering our network and then applying ACLs and in the inbound interface to yeah. uh, accept that traffic, log it, dig through the logs manually, try and figure out what the, the makeup of the traffic was. Um, and then ultimately being able to actually block the attack, but it took hours. And then we started, we put a flow-based product into our network, started collecting flow and did the same thing um, 
you know, using float in, I just remember thinking, man, this is what I've been missing. Like the ability to literally see the attack come in, see what made up the, the, the attack, what IP addresses it came in from, what IP addresses it was going to, ports and protocols, like the, you know, the, the real deep level of knowledge of, of, of what the, the, the attack made up, made it so much easier to do that troubleshooting and that, that mitigation of the attack. It was night and yeah. day difference. Yeah, so you're able to see what the traffic is made up of as opposed to just like interface statistics, like you said. So you're getting a different dimension. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've been calling that over the past couple of years working in visibility and observability, the diversity of visibility data uh, or divergence of data, whatever you want to call it. But really, sure. kind of like that that classic picture of the uh, of the dog. I don't know if you've seen it in presentations where it's a picture of a dog with a regular camera and you see the dog, right? It's Dalmatian, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the next picture is an x-ray. And you can see that the, the dog swallowed some keys. <laughs> and then the next picture, it's an MRI. And so you see like the, the muscular skeletal system. You, you know, so each, each type of data provides you a different view as to what's going on and, and flow mm -hmm. is unique in that way. Yeah, um, I love that analogy, but, by the way. What's that? I love that analogy, by the way. I, th I think, you know, because if I think about that, you're starting off with a high level view of the dog, right? You see it from the outside and then you kind of peel back the layers of the onion, if you will, or you get d deeper into it. And I really think that's what what flow does for us, right? We can get a high level of what's going through our interfaces by looking at SNMP, but by looking at flow data, you really figure out what makes up that traffic that's on that interface, yeah. right? I mean, I think I would still say that flow data is still kind of macro, because it's not like it's packets. You're not doing deep packet inspection and looking at um, you know uh, payloads and stuff. So it's still kind of macro in that sense. In fact, that, that I, does make me wonder. I mean, if we have that storage capacity now, right, and we have the access to compute, whether it's like, I'm going to say virtually in air quotes, virtually unlimited because we can just access it in the cloud, right? Why, why don't we just do everything with packets? Well, I think there's a couple things that, that, that I see with packets when, when talking to you know customers that we have here. It, it becomes expensive to instrument, right? Well, I mean, to do, to do proper deep packet inspection, you know, large enterprises and definitely when you get into service providers and the volume of data that they're dealing with on the network to put a deep packet inspection appliance in that can actually capture that becomes very expensive, it becomes cost prohibitive quite honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is how often do you really need every single packet? I mean, flow gives you um, enough data typically to know the makeup of your traffic without having to know every single packet and the whole payload. Because mostly what you care about is the stuff that's in the headers anyway, which is really what Flow is analyzing is yep. the header information. You don't really need to know the payload in most cases. And then actually, I guess if I, as I, if I think that through a little more, one of, the, one of the comments we hear a lot is not having the payload is a benefit because we now no longer have to worry about a lot of security things. Right, like sure. if I do DPI and I'm storing packets and that packet has financial transactions in it or it has medical record information in it, then I have HIPAA or PCI, I'm sorry, the other way around, I have PCI yeah. or HIPAA compliance things to worry about. Whereas if I'm collecting flow and all I have is the header information, I don't have to worry about those security concerns because I don't have the payload. Nobody could reverse engineer that and figure out, yeah, you know, put the packets back together. Although I do remember <laughs> back in the day uh, doing a lab uh, when I did the CCMP voice, I don't know what they call it now. CCI, I think the collab, they call it collab, not voice, whatever, whatever it's yeah, called. I'm today. not sure. But I remember doing that. 
and uh, you know the old uh, Wireshark packet capture of a voice conversation and then replaying it back as a WAV file, that is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But I got to say, that's pretty much the extent <laughs> of my experience, like actually needing or requiring uh, packet-level visibility. Well, I take it back because that wasn't even visibility. That was just a fun thing to do. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. That was more of a troubleshooting thing, right? Which is, uh, you know, and that's where I really think yeah. packets and DPI really come into play at, you know, at scale is when you're doing that troubleshooting, you're doing that deep troubleshooting, you really do need to see the package, you need to see the entire transaction, you need to be able to put it back together and like you said, be able to play the call back. Um, yeah. I think that's so then, where those still are valuable. Why do you think that so many network visibility vendors over the past few years or more than a few years, why do you think that they've focused so much on other types of telemetry? You know, I kind of in more, more recent days. I mean, for a little while, you know, in all the presentations that I saw online and at the different events, everything was streaming telemetry, right? Um, you know, I remember doing screen scraping to troubleshoot issues. I remember doing Wireshark captures and all this stuff. But everything, everything was just about streaming for a while. Why, why do you think visibility vendors have focused on that and shied away from uh, flow? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, I think, again, streaming telemetry is definitely an improvement over SNMP um, and for those types of data, right? Um, being able to get it at much larger volume, being able to get it much faster so that I can, my data points are um, more accurate because I'm capturing it faster. So I think that's where a lot of the industry has focused on is the similar types of data they were getting from SNMP and just getting it in a different, uh, in a different way so that it was much more scalable. Um, you know, I think a lot of vendors that have added um, flow have not really focused on it. They haven't really focused their R&D on it. And so they've just kind of bolted it onto the side of an existing solution that they have. Mm -hmm. yeah. And therefore, the, the customers of those vendors, the users of those products have been led to believe that it's that flow doesn't really provide that much additional value. And what what is unfortunate about that is that there is a lot of really interesting information in flow data. It's just that it's never been focused on by some of these vendors and they've never really unlocked the power of it by building a scalable solution, really focusing on what could I do with that data. Okay. So then what do you think, not what do you think, but what do you know? Uh, what kind of visibility can we get from flow that's unique to flow data that we really can't get from, from other types of uh, uh, telemetry? Yeah, like I said, it's really the, the, the makeup of the traffic. I mean, if you were to go and, and really get nerdy and look at the, the, the specs for like IP fix or, or S-Flow or one of the flow protocols, you'll see there's a lot of lot of really interesting information there. So you've got what I call the five tuples. You've got the source IP, dest IP, source port, dest port protocol. But there's a lot of other things about the incoming interface, the outgoing interface. Um, a lot of times it'll have source and destination AS numbers in there that it gets from the routing tables on a router, for example. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah, and a lot of the, over the last, uh, at least the, in the five years that I've been at Kintic, there's definitely been a lot of vendors who have added their own fields into mm -hmm. IPFix. So IPFix gives you the ability to um, sort of add on to it, right? And so it's, if you... Think of it kind of directionally as similar as an enterprise-specific MIB for SNMP. It's similar yeah. to that in IP fix, where, for example, a lot of our SD-WAN vendors that the enterprises are using are now exporting data in their flow records that talk about the tunnel and the application, the users. I mean, there's a lot of additional rich information that's yeah. coming directly in those flow records that tell you about that traffic and what traffic it is, who's consuming it. Um, there's a lot of a lot of great information yeah. that you just can't get Highly looking extensible. at. Yeah. So then in, in 2022, um, 
it's still a very useful uh, method for both ongoing monitoring, but also for you know, like real time root cause analysis troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. Would you say? Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So still a valuable tool in a, uh, uh, I guess, a traditional network engineer's toolbox, right? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Awesome. I, I think I feel like we still, to some degree, just scratch the surface of what you can do with it. And, it, you know, a lot of it is not, I mean, there's a lot of great things in, in the flow records themselves, but where it really becomes powerful is when you figure out what can I correlate it with? What can I enrich mm -hmm. it with? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, just some examples that, you know, uh, that we do here at Kintic, not, you know, a lot of, a lot of other people could do this as well, but, um, you know, adding geo tagging to it. Like what are, what geo does the source IP belong to? What geo does the destination IP belong to? Mm -hmm. Um, threat feeds, you know, there are a lot of security companies out there that publish IP reputation data. So that allows you to then say, okay, I have traffic coming from this IP or I have traffic going to that IP Are those IP addresses known bad actors. They know compromised, uh, IP addresses. And so from a security angle, it gets you the ability to say, okay, I can now proactively get alerted, get notified when I have traffic that starts talking to some known compromised host. Um, you know, these are just a few examples I think of off the top of my head that I've seen, yep. seen customers do, but I think we've probably only scratched the surface of things you could do when you take the data that's in flow. And then, in, in, like I said, enrich it or correlate it with some of these other, um, you know, other pieces of data to solve other more interesting use cases. Yeah, and that was my originally thought. Original thought, you know, uh, starting this episode off, uh, you know, what 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 is it about flow data that is you know that we're underutilizing? You know, why why is it that we're we're stopping when there's so much more? And and you highlighted a couple things. You know, that now that we have the ability to it, it, that first of all is very extensible. So it's it's more than just looking at you know 27 percent of my network is HTTP and then stopping. It's a lot more than than that. Um, but also that we have the storage and compute available to us today to do so much more than we ever could, and therefore it's still very, very useful. I mean, I think I think the first flow protocols were out in like the mid '90s or so. So oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I get it. It's, it's been around different. for a long time. Yeah, but then so does TCP/IP. Do we throw that out too? <laughs> exactly. I mean, kind of silly. So anyway, Justin, this has been a really great episode talking about how. Uh, you know, how important flow data still really is today. And I really do appreciate your perspective on the industry too. That's, that's valuable to me. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, and before we go, where can folks find you online to ask questions, maybe get in touch with, uh, with you in general? Sure. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Justin Ryburn. That is Justin R-Y-B-U-R-N, all one word. Uh, I'm much more active these days on LinkedIn. If you want to search for my name there and follow me there, it's probably the easiest. Great. You can find me on Twitter at network underscore Phil. You can search my name, Philip Gervasi on LinkedIn, uh, my blog, networkphil.com. And uh, if you're interested in hearing more uh, Telemetry Now episodes, check out our website, kentic.com slash telemetry now. And uh, please feel free to let us know if there are any topics that you'd like to hear about uh, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show. So until next time, thanks and bye-bye.